Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wolf. <laughs> He's there somewhere. <laughs> Jeez. I'm Freddie Wolf. It's been like weeks. It's been weeks since we did one of these, anything. And it's been months since we had a movie episode that wasn't a commentary. And I, I, I think when, what, what movie were we doing commentary for? We just were talking about Slither. I'm like, we need to do Slither and we need to give it, we need to do it proper. And I forgot what it was. It doesn't matter. We were talking about, God, what were we talking about? I forget. <laughs> I forget. Was, it, was it Alien versus Predator that got scrapped? No, no, no. We actually, it was in the middle was... of a commentary where we said it. Oh, it was Godzilla. It had been Godzilla, right? Yeah. It was Godzilla because uh, of the eggs and the slime and all that bullshit. Right. There you go. And I was like, ooh, that kind of, this kind of stinks of, this kind of looks like, you know, and then we started talking about Slither. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's what happened. So this this movie from James Gunn, from penned by James Gunn, it's so chock full of amazing, if you like even one iota of horror this movie is so up your alley if you've never seen it before if you have seen it before you know what we're talking about and dude this, this i'm thankfully, a mashup of everything i love right and it all works yeah and 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 thankfully he didn't borrow from that godzilla 98 <laughs> no he got no he borrowed nothing from roland emmerich's godzilla 1998 piece of shit um but that being said i mean dude it does it, you know 50s inspired sci-fi oh, yeah. carpenter romero sam Raimi. dante sam Raimi, yeah. all of it dude good lord man. just it's that, all in here man fargo dude he even yes. does some coen brothers oh, shit my in here gosh dude and by the way if you notice this something that struck me funny about this is like how many times have you seen a movie like this and it's always a small town it's never yeah of course it's it like, never it, happens in a fucking big city yeah so because then you as this movie goes you realize this isn't the blob where the meteorite lands in some random location it's a higher being that chooses to land where it lands right and uh knowing that it could it need to incubate and it needed it needed to grow from that point so that's why it's like it's the same thing with superman too what happens when everybody escapes the phantom zone to go right to a small town and starts fucking shit up. <laughs> so yeah, same no, kind right. of vibe, dude. And dude, this yeah. fucking movie is so brilliant. Uh, the acting, everybody is came to have fun. Everybody knew what their, what, what James's intent was. <sighs> everybody is playing it straight. And that's what, you know, nobody's playing it for laughs or fucking, you know, Oh, there's no giant fright wigs or, scary eye you know right it's everybody's playing it straight so much so that it's like good god like dude like wally the deputy is like maybe has some of the best line deliveries in this movie <laughs> he does when you got lloyd kaufman just sitting there and right? the, just not doing anything looking he's the most outlandish thing in the movie as far as like human beings before you know before they start getting invaded he just kind of sitting there looking like lloyd <laughs> with his eyes yeah. wide open, his brows halfway up his forehead. Like, those of you who don't know, you know, James Gunn got his game going from trauma. So he owes his career to Lloyd. And this is like, the thing about Slither, it's like a big budget trauma movie. That's the thing that's so oh, bitching about it. Yeah, I mean, you you even get a, a TV, a on-screen TV Somebody's moment. watching Toxic, toxic yeah, Avenger. Yeah, the Toxic yeah. Avenger on TV. <laughs> so Somebody's good. watching it. This is also very Carpenter. I mean, this movie, dude, like he he definitely culled from all of the fucking perfect pieces yeah. and cobbled it together and made his own thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it 
sometimes that doesn't happen. You just see things. You're like, that's eh, derivative. That's this, that's, but this movie, it all works. Yeah. I forgot how much I loved this movie until I watched it last night. And like, well, like we're saying, the, the the movie starts off with very familiar, you know, situations. You see a meteorite coming flying towards Earth, right? Right. Unlike the blob, because the blob, you don't, you just see it. You you you're always following the humans before it lands. This time, you're actually kind of following it, in almost like I don't know, like maybe the beginning of Predator, right? Yeah. Where you see the ship coming, it's almost like we're seeing a ship before we see where it's going. Same time with this, we see the meteorite before we see where it's going. Right, like the thing. Yes, exactly. And so, dude, so we then we cut from they were intercutting though, which with 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 this meteorite coming in and these dude, like small town, like a law enforcement dude, just chilling, sitting by the billboard that tells you right where they're at. They're in Willsey, North Carolina, right? Wheelsy, Wheelsy, uh, right? Right, Wheelsy, Wheelsy, South Carolina. I'll get it right, and. Um, we see this guy just sitting there kind of like, he's got his uh, radar gun, right? Just shooting. Right. And he's just- Whippoorwills. <laughs> Seeing how fast birds are flying around him. By the no way, what that was a whippoorwill flying around in the middle of the night for? It was weird, Because right? the movie crew scared it. <laughs> That's it. They scared it off out of the marsh. And there's somebody else sitting next to him in the driver's seat with his cowboy hat, hat over, his, over space. his face. And you're like, well, what the hell is that? And this is how you get introduced to our lead, man. There's Nathan Fillion. He finally reads, hey, he's playing Sheriff Bill Party. I'm like, oh, dude. Right. And this is, at this point, I think maybe the only thing I knew Fillion from was, um, oh, what's that fucking Firefly? Firefly. And then I I knew him before Firefly from Two Guys and a Girl. He came in the second season of that. Became, oh, right. And became Trailer's boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's funny, man, is like there was a point where I like to me, like in my mind, he was Lone Star in Spaceballs. I don't know why. Um, I know <laughs> it's not true, and that's Bill Pullman, and I yeah, well, know because that hundred percent. He has that that classic, you know, uh, male lead action hero kind of dude without look. You know, that's why he's he, he's played that guy. That's why he played Mal on Firefly. And that's why he's yeah. a castle the same way, you know. It's, sure, he's he just has that you know, that the kind of face. But the differences between his other guys that we're comparing him to, he's got a sense of humor that just is so good. He's got great timing. Yes. Yeah, his timing is spot on. Yeah, and this isn't. I don't think this is the first time he and Gunn worked together. I'm positive this isn't the first time they worked together. But I don't know if the one lone thing that they did together was. Did you ever see um, PG porn? No, there was a bunch of I, shorts that that James had done years ago, just after like Angel had left the air. And if those of you don't know, the gun character in Angel is after named after the Gun Brothers, Sean and you know Sean and James. Um, that was a uh, that was Joss Whedon's tribute to them. Gun, yeah, PG porn is great. I mean Rosenbaum's in it, and Michael Rosenbaum's in it. Um, just a whole slew of people. And if you've never seen them, they're on online somewhere, but they're super funny. Like I said, it's PG porn. It's a porn setup, but Without the, it's PG. Gotcha. <laughs> right, it's PG. But it's super fun. No insertion, no penetration. Yes. N P. It's porn. It's porn N P. <laughs> yes, no no it's penetration. It. It's N N too. No penetration no porn. Uh, and then Nathan Fillion plays like in in, in the episode of PG porn that he did. He's uh, playing um, a handyman, of course. <laughs> so he's making lots right. of nail jokes because. You know. Yeah, hammer and nail. Let me drive that through you. <laughs> so, I, like I think it's that's by the way, I think it's so funny that that 
you know, James Gunn got so much shit for 12 year old tweets that were, you know, they were questionable tastes. I'm not going to argue that, but nobody's, he hasn't been busted for, <laughs> for making that. Cause it was, you know, man, it's kind of pushed some boundaries. And you know, if you're Disney, you got to be a little concerned, but here's the thing. All that shit existed before he ever got hired for guardians. The only reason he got fired off of guardians three temporarily was because people got up, you know, got all bitchy about stuff and, and then Disney took action and they realized how stupid it was and how, short-sighted it was and to bow to a bunch of crybabies online they just he rehired him so because he's a he's a great director he's a great writer and he knows what audiences dig and that's it it's the only reason i'm gonna see suicide squad right dude james gunn oh my gosh dude his casting choices for that holy shit man I'm right now, I really hope that this Wonder Woman failure that they've had, because it's a failure at this point, it's so, it's, it's so ill-received right now. It's very polarizing on how it's being received, but I really hope this forces Warner Brothers to rethink their plans for 2021 slate. Like they they talked about doing everything simultaneously. You know, HBO yeah, Max. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, right? I mean, I I, I kind of hope that this sort of shows them that maybe you know, don't do it. Maybe this ain't the way, right? And the I know what they're trying to do. They have no yeah, audience I right now. It. They've only got like five to eight million subscribers. While Disney Plus has been around for how long? And it's like they're Disney's doing it right because they still they're still providing really amazing content for what they for what they have uh, for what they charge. But even when they're bringing, like when they brought, again, I'm not saying Mulan was good, but having that, you know, having that at home cinema choice there, yeah, it was 20 bucks, but come on, dude, the kids are going to love that shit. I really hope that Warner, that Warner Brothers really takes heed because that's another, but that is one thing that people have been saying about Warner Brothers, about, about Wonder Woman. A lot of them say, you know what? I might've liked it more if I got to see it on a big screen. I might've liked it more having the spectacle and seeing it as big as life with a crowd of people. Well, not maybe a big crowd, but other people you don't know. That's the, that's the charge about seeing a movie in a theater, man. It's like we said a couple of weeks ago, like, you know, there are movies I don't want to see in my living room, man. And to me, like any of these, the, any Marvel type movie, any of these sort of event, they are best seen in a movie theater. Yeah. I'm sure that Wonder Woman is suffering from the fact that, you know, people are, also, how locked in can you be when you're sitting on your sofa? And if you have to get up, you just pause the TV and you go and, you know, you go to the bathroom, then you go make a snack. And then you're like, oh, maybe I'll make some coffee. You know, and it's 20 minutes go by and then you come and sit back down. Yeah. And you can pick up your phone. I, I just think that it's a disservice. Uh, you know, people can tell me they love sitting in their living room and blah, blah, blah. I, yeah. I just, that's fine. But, but Right. And you know, what's funny too is like, this, this is kind of the discipline that we've had when it comes to like binging stuff. You watch it, you're watching a show on one of the streaming services and you're binging and you're watching an episodes, but you know, you go, you pause it long enough to go, all right, I got 25 minutes and then I can go, you know, yeah, get, get a snack totally. or whatever. But you don't do that. You, you don't pause it to look at the time on a movie. You're pausing it because you're just going to go do it. You're not even paying attention to that. And then, right. then and then you're kind of like, eh. Uh, I'll get back to it later. Yeah. I mean, that's not, it's like, dude, there's so much work goes putting into making a movie and don't you want to see it the best way possible? Like, I, I, like you said, Marvel movies, cool. But like we, you know, Joey and I watched Iron Man 3 the other day. You know, that's the first time he'd seen it since the movie theater. And when he was a kid, because it was such a daunting and frightening movie for a six-year-old, he covered his eyes almost the whole time. So this is the first time seeing it, you know, but we, you know, we had a nice big 
television and, and boisterous sound. So it was about as close as you can get for him anyway. <laughs> but right. dude, but you know, he said to me the other day when we were watching something, he's like, dad, I really miss going to the movie theater. I'm like, and that was our thing. Yeah, man. Movie theaters and then going to Chi Chi's for pizza. That was our, that was our, you know, our weekend time. We always did that. And I'm looking forward to be able to do that again because movies like Slither, as much as I enjoy watching them, I saw it three times in the theater. Yeah, me too. So to me, you know, I've got that. I've already, I can, I got something to reflect back on, you know, I can lean back. I'd never, this, se- yeah. I'd never seen this in anything but the theater. I never saw it. I don't own the, I don't own the Blu-ray or anything. And, uh, but I, I'd only seen it in a theater and yeah. watching it last night, like I said, it reminded me of why I liked it so much. I didn't pause it once. And I didn't pick up my phone or my iPad while I was watching it because right. I was just like, but had I not seen it before, maybe, I mean, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Also, I, I, I don't know, but I mean, it's such a fucking good movie. Dude, there's so much to love about this movie. Yeah. I mean, Fillion is great. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, Elizabeth Banks, who I, it's Riz real early for Elizabeth Banks. Yes. I, I, I hadn't, I actually had forgotten that she was the female star until I started the movie last night. Right. I was like, holy shit. I don't know who I thought it was, <laughs> but I did not think it was Elizabeth Banks. Cause for me, Elizabeth Banks, I feel like I associate her mostly with 30 rock. Yeah. For some and reason. you know, yeah. And, 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 as far as like features before us, actually anything for that matter. I mean, wet, hot American summer. Right. And then just, was that before this? Yeah. And just, and just a year or two before this, she was the, the girl that worked at the bookstore in 40 year old virgin, which was a 2005 release. Yeah. So and I barely remember that. Yeah. And she's super funny in it. And that's why, you know, when you see this, I mean, I don't want to say that she's the, she is the 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 weak link in this one in this movie, but I think what it is is that everybody is so great in it that you know some people just kind of get overpowered. Her part kind of t- I guess leads to that though, right? right? I mean, right. she's the damsel in distress, yeah. if you will. Right, exactly, and and boy, is she in distress? <laughs> Good God, is she right? Well, you know, she, you know, she plays uh, Starla, which is a really funny name. I'm like, I, I was like, why call it Starla? And I, I guess it's just to play on the word star and be this thing that's coming from outer space. I don't know. Couldn't, I couldn't be sure. But she's, a, but she is Nathan Fillion's high school love. You know, or actually, I won't even say junior high because I think they were like 12 and 14. I think they make a reference to that when she right, was 12. And he was 14 and she knocked on his window and said, come run away with me to Hollywood. I want to be a I need a bodyguard. Star. Yeah. <laughs> so great. But to do this, she, like you, like we talked about before, she very much is a damsel in distress in this. And, and she is married to probably the best thing, best performance for the whole entire movie. Oh yeah. It's from Michael Rooker playing her husband, Grant Grant. Yes. His name in last first name and last name are the same. Grant Grant. Yeah. And I mean, oh, dude, he goes through the motions, dude. It's like he plays, and I don't say the motions. He goes through the emotions, and he plays this part, dude. Is I mean, dude, you, there's moments where you, where you're like, oh, you're such a piece of shit, and then later on, you start feeling really sad well, for him. What's great about him is he's 
fucking weird even before they fucking eat the meteor habits <laughs> right. he's fucking weird and you're like what the fuck's going on with him and he looks weird because he's shaved bald and he's wearing those fucking you know uh those goddamn glasses are perfect man the Domery holy glasses. shit dude <laughs> yeah those things are those are the kind of glasses that panelists wore on match game like in 1974 <laughs> oh right gosh, like, those yes. are like yeah right they're like you know like charles nelson riley or <laughs> or you know any any of this any of the one-off sort of guests i'm trying to think of who would wear those glasses but they're very 1974 yeah um it's so uh, it, Alan Ladd. Is, Alan Ladd would wear. Yes, them. they're very Alan Ladd. Yes. yes, I mean, <laughs> and with the shaved head and the sort of weird, like you know, and the way that uh, that first moment where we first meet her and she's teaching class and the kid is drawing her boobs and the other girl's like, what the fuck? You know, and then, then the other teacher's hitting on her outside and he's like, I know what he wants to borrow and I'm not lending it. <laughs> James Gunn's cameo there. Yeah. And that's the right. first time we see Grant. And, uh, yes. and see how protective he is. He's just protective. He's obsessively protective of her. Yeah. And weird, right? Like, you're like, what the fuck's going on with that guy? Oh, yeah. you don't know the half of it yet. Cause he ain't even real weird yet. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't even been, they haven't revealed the fact that, you know, you see the age difference, but you don't realize that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and the, that made it even weirder. Right. It's like, oh, good Lord. Because as she comes over and gets, you know, snatched up by Grant. Nathan Fillion and his deputies are across the way <laughs> and they're kind of right. seeing them load All up in the car in the crosswalk. Yeah. It's so good. And he's just kind of like, and that's when they talk about it. And, and there's your little exposition, but doesn't feel heavy handed. It's like, Oh, you know what, you know, her, her parents were, weren't around anymore and she was 17 and had nowhere to go. And then, here comes Grant Grant rolling up in his Cadillac with all of his money. Boom. That Big was house that. on the hill. Yeah, over and done. So you so then now you got this gap I'm like, well, how old is she now? And then right. I thought it was really something clever that James did. Cause the next time you see Grant and and Starla, they're at their house, and he sees um there's one point where he sees a photograph, their wedding photo, and he had and that's Rooker with all of his hair. And like, oh, so the shaved head thing is supposed to be like, there's a passage of time where he's changed and now he's shaving his head because he's bald now or whatever the fuck it is. But I'm guessing based on Fillion's age, he's it's probably well, Rooker, 15 years after this. Yeah, because I'd say Rooker was probably 50 when they made this. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they're in Fillion, you know, I'd say so they're probably, he's Fillion's supposed to be 35 and maybe yeah. she's 33. Yeah, although yeah, the, the, the gap, whatever, yeah. whatever two year gap they're throwing out there. And I think that's fair. I think they're both, they're both probably been 15 years since they graduated or at least when she graduated or we, when she got married. Right. Cause Fillion's younger than both of us by a year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that would make probably, sense. 2006 yeah, the, puts me at what? Uh, 37. So 36, yeah. 36, 37. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say this was probably about the deal. Right. Like they're yeah. like sort of that age. But, and uh, Rooker's fifty-ish, and so, and now she comes. She comes to bed, man. And this is the this is where you're starting to really. Oh, you've you've already seen the obsessiveness of it, and then, like I said, this is the creeper stuff. You're kind of like going. You, you're like going. Oh, what a piece of shit. You know. This is. Yeah, I mean, he's treating her like a fist. Yeah, like he's like it's like it's his hand. Yeah, he's just looking. She's like, eh, no, eh. and he's just like, all right, I'm going now. You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, fuck, she, dude, just go jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> she, she goes, I can't deal with your bullshit, dude. Get out of here. And he just pieces out and he just goes for, as she's, he goes for a walk, but really he goes, he goes to the bar to get drunk. Yeah. And he's, a, totally. he's at least one pitch, pitcher deep the next time we see him. 
Right. <laughs> sure, Chief. Do me again. Whatever, you know. And I like the-, the way he addresses everybody. <laughs> like he is the rich guy in town who's kind of a douchebag, but also he's kind of he's he's also just sort of dysfunctional. Dysfunctionally weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Him and the mayor both are. Like, everybody seems to be normal except for those two. They're right? the ones that are. The, they're the obviously ones that kind of rule the roost in that town. When we when we cut to the bar, though, this is the one of the funniest moments in the movie. And they cut to this. I don't know who the who the extra was or who the actress was, but she's up there doing karaoke. <laughs> God, dude, that is my favorite part. He is so good, dude. <laughs> Singing the crying I game. I know all there is to know about the crying game. When she gets the second line of the chorus, and crying game, she just hits yeah, that weird note. Yeah, cracks and oh her God. voice hits that sour note, but no one fucking even blinks because that's what it's really like <laughs> when it's happening. And the fact that there's like four people in the bar. Oh, my God, And dude. I love that they put the camera behind her yes. shooting out at the everybody looking at her yeah and then and there's right? grant dead center and that's that's when we see uh, the bartender come up and pick up the picture and he goes hit me again killer or something like that effect right right and that's a line we hear again later on hit him him referring to everybody as killer you know yeah and uh it gets played a lot which by different actors and that's part of the fun and we'll get to that he gets you know he gets three sheets the wind right and then here comes <laughs> here comes our girl brenda <laughs> Right? So and you know, I, yeah, good. I was confused when, when she says, oh, he was like, oh, you couldn't have been more than 10 or 10 10 or 12. 11. But I was game. Like, I was like, wow, gross. What the fuck's going on here, man? Who? And then, and then I, I was confused even seeing it, having seen it before when she said, yeah, you used to, I mean, I was like, that's supposed to be Elizabeth Banks's sister. They're like the same age, but it wasn't. No, no. Was, yeah. Then I that guess was, he was banging some, he was banging somebody else who was her sister. Right. Right. And that's the, okay. that's the same vibe I got to initially. I'm like, I wait, was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. When the, the, when, and when she makes that comment about the 10 or 11 and I'm like, going, oh, wait, and Starla was 17. I go. So you're like 12 and you were, ah, oh, dude, Rooker, dude, come on, Grant, Grant, <laughs> Grant, Grant, you are a creep. Grant, Grant, you're a pedophile, pedophile, dude. <laughs> pedophile, pedophile. That's what Grant, Grant translates to. Jeez, dude. So ridiculous. And you know, next thing you know, they're off in the woods, man. They're just all goofing off. Right. And they're stumbling around in an area we've already seen. And that, well, that was the fair. one single rainy homage was the oh, very dude, way the way the camera oh yeah dude oh. it's straight evil dead yeah it was so great it was just kind of like it didn't feel it didn't feel no forced and it was just it was nope. fun i mean again it was the very beginning right. of the movie so it you're made already me chuckle. yeah you're already getting that vibe which is really cool so they're walking around and grant starts kind of like oh you know what i can't do this with you brenda and i'm like going what is she too old for you now dude right like yeah this. she's fucking 20 years past uh, your age limit. <laughs> oh my God. Fucking dude. freak. But no, well, he's he, also just, yeah. It, dude, it's weird because it's like, it's kind of like, it's weird, like almost Little Red Riding Hood ish. Yes. Like, like he's like the big bad wolf. Yeah. I was, when I remember seeing this for the first time and thinking, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah. Like he's, like, like he's leading her out to the woods, right? The, yeah. Right. Like he's a fucking full on serial killer. Right. And, you know, and of course, right away, I'm like going, Dude, all right, man. He's going to start throwing a little bit of uh, Henry in here. We're going to see a little bit of a Henry action. <laughs> dude, no. Uh, we get some of that shit later. Yeah, we get some of that later. But but dude, he, but he, all of a sudden, he has this spark of, I don't know, morality. And he goes, I can't do this. You know, Starla's at home, man. I can't, I can't do this. And I'm like, wait, what? 
Right. What? You're, all right, whatever. And then all of a sudden he hears this noise and he looks over and he sees the meteorite is now completely broken open. And it, it's been so long. And it's been, at this point, it's been long enough to where the meteorite didn't look exactly the same as the last time we saw it. Yeah, it wasn't glowing. And they hear a noise and then they, there's a little trail and they follow the trail and there's this... <laughs> I don't know what it is. It looks like a jello, a, 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 a horribly colored jello loaf of some kind. Dude, you know what it l- kind of looks like? Do you remember a glow worm? Yes. The fucking like the glow worm toys. Like when it wasn't lit stupid, up. Yeah. Right. When it wasn't lit up and you took the nighty off of it. Like, right. Like, cause it came with a little pajama or a fucking like a onesie thing on it. Right. And you could take it off. Right. And then glow worm. They look like fucking glow worm, dude. Is what it looked like. Right. But like. More translucent, like that gummy bear light, right? Like if you <laughs> right, took that the gummy, gummy bear, bear light, light and you mashed it up with a fucking glow worm, yeah. that's what that thing looks like. <laughs> Dude, the gummy bear light's rad. I love that thing. Yeah, it's, it's fucking cool. I have it here in the room right now, but it's just not turned on. All of a sudden, the, the glowy worm kind of opens up a little bit, and I won't describe it. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, then I'm just going to save it for you to see. I'll just say this. Uh, it's really funny that what happens next. <laughs> it's really funny that when it started to happen and it happens that nobody fucking just ran. Cause I've been like, yeah, Fuck that. So when it happened, when this, so the thing kind of like splits open, this like little antenna pops out of it and it, and then he's looking at it closer and Grant's like, what is this thing? And it, all of a sudden it projectiles right into his chest and started burying itself in his chest. Now this opening that I'm referring to, this is the irony of the fact that, um, they're getting close enough. This opening actually puts something out that penetrates him. There you go. There's my description. And that's all I'm going to say. About yeah. It. And all of a sudden he falls to the ground in one of the best use of early 2000 CG. It goes like x-ray style, almost like how you, some of the effects that you saw in um, hollow man. Yep. Where you just see all these, see the, you the see the skeleton, the skeleton, and the nerves and everything, and you see this thing that that entered through Grant's chest, making its way and then burying himself up into his brain. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it was so clever. It was right up where there with all the bone breaking. Was it was it Romeo Must Die that did the bone breaking thing? Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 So anyway, something really again, really clever. New limitations of the CG, but it's so it, it sells the whole thing so well. You're like, oh, now he's going to control him, and it was so fucking perfect. It was. Dude, one of the best moments of the movie, and it sets up. I mean, we're almost there. Brenda's we're- reaction to the whole thing is also one of the best moments. Yes, of the movie. and then when he when he stands up and he's kind of like looking around, kind of like surveying everything. I'm like, wait, what? Okay, he's- right. Well, yeah, like right. He's taking it all in with new eyes, new like, eyes, the- and hmm. and you're like going, wait, is he? Is he being controlled? Kind of like the movie Brain Damage, right? Like, is he being controlled now by? this being that just lodged itself in his brain or is he, are they both, or is that thing in his head now just along for the ride? Right. The whole time, dude, Brenda's standing there. <laughs> she's not going anywhere. She's fucking drunk and almost topless anyway. <laughs> and, she's like, why I aren't mean, you running? <laughs> and wasn't she in heels? I think like she was in her fuck me pumps at the karaoke bar and she, <laughs> and she's fucking walking through the fucking swamp. Yeah. It was really, it, dude, it was weird because it was the moment I was like, God damn, this is like what you do in high school. Yeah. Right. You know, like now they're almost childlike too. the way that, you know, he's drunk and he's like, 
you know, he's like a dumb football player who maybe has had too much to drink and she's like trying to fucking, you know, it was, it was an odd fun. Like that whole sequence is, is, is weird and uncomfortable, but fun and funny. And, you know, it kind of sets you up for like, well, it it sets you up. Maybe it doesn't prepare you for everything you're going <laughs> right. to see, but it certainly sets it all up. And at this point, this is the fade to black I was talking about. Yeah, end of act that's one. That's end of act one. I mean, literally, dude. If it's if it's more 12 than twelve minutes, minutes yeah, that's it, man. It's so wild. Next time we we see anybody, we see Starla, and she's like waking up the next morning. Right. You know, Grant it never came home. She sees the side of the bed all still flattened down. She looks out the window. His vehicle's there, and she's like, "Oh, what the hell?" You know. So she starts feeling guilty about pushing him away. She cranks up some air supply. Yeah, we cut to Grant, and now he's somewhere. And then, like, we realize that he's actually in the in their basement. And yeah, he, making a leaf pile, right? And he hears <laughs> or a, a refuse pile, right? And he hears a song, and it's and it's the air supply, right? It's yeah, making totally. love out of nothing at all, or just making nope, love. Nope, nope. It's uh, it's a, you're every woman yeah, in the world yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, that's it. To me, oh, that's a Disney song, or that's Rankin and Bass. Sorry, um, yeah. Anyway, well, just Rankin take air Bass, supply. Man. Yeah, man, just mash them up. Fuck, who cares? Air mix mix up your Christmas jams with. <laughs> yeah, just take some Rankin and Bass Christmas tunes, some air supply songs, mash them together. You got a new hit. Boom. You can listen to it in 2021. Grant walks into the living room and here's Starla, and she's in a robe, just kind of like, oh, she's shoulder to shoulder, and like she's feeling bad, and like. You know, I think she's thinking that, you know what, this is my annual, you know, my, my tax bill. I have to pay. Right. Got to pay it. You got to pay boy. it. You know, I think I'm due. He's due. You know, this will keep him off my ass for a year or something to that effect. Or, or hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. But she has no idea what's going on, you know, with him yet. And neither do we. Otherwise, than this thing, this larvae burying it itself in his chest and into his brain. I was terrified for her when she started to fuck him, dude. I was just oh like, what if that thing comes out of his dick or, you know. I right. Mean, what? Like that. Oh, my. But he gives the best line reading when she says, what's that? He's like, just a bug bite, just baby. Just a bug bite, baby. <laughs> And it is. It is just a bug bite. But God damn it. See, Michael, Michael Rooker is in all of Gunn's movies, but this one, man, he I can't see anybody else playing this role. It's it's his twang. It's everything about his performance. It's the perfect role for Rooker, too. Yes. If if he was I'm forgetting what's his what's his uh what's his character name in, in Days of Thunder? Oh, uh, not rowdy. Uh, what the heck is his? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, dude, it's like, it's like if, uh, you know, he really wasn't able to go drive again. <laughs> and he right. was just, you know, I'm going to take all my money and go, go into Wheelsy, uh, South Carolina, which would be a place where somebody used to start racing an ass car would go, wouldn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> so, where else would they go? Exactly. Well, North Carolina, cause that's where NASCAR is based. But it doesn't matter. It's the Carolinas. That's all that matters. Yeah, it's, man. It's the One region. Carolina, two Carolina, yeah. three Carolina, four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rowdy Burns, dude. That's his ah, character. There you go. Rowdy Burns. There you go. Yeah. I knew it was Rowdy something. <laughs> Not Rowdy Rhonda. So she's just kind of like, you know, kind of getting into it, right? And it was, I, I can't remember what happened. They fuck. I can't remember. Yeah, dude. They have sex because she goes to work and she's like oh, yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that and her and that old woman are having that conversation. Yeah, she's like shell shocked, like she was like floating around on cloud nine. Yeah, she's calling. She's calling her a slut, playfully calling her a slut. Yeah, and she goes, and they're well, giggling you're and shit. You're married, girl. And then it was oh, like you said, it was like it was like the first time she ever like really felt something for Grant. 
like other than, right. you know, her being a sugar daddy and taking care of her, you know? And so it's just this, for next time we, we, you know, she's definitely feeling, uh, she goes, I feel, I feel Grant so different now. He's so different. He's changed man. And next time we see Grant, he's, Oh, he is. He's at the, he's at the grocery store. And all of a sudden he's got this real insatiable appetite for red meat. Yeah. He's buying everything and he's under the facade. Again, this, this, this larvae still hasn't grown enough to completely take him over. Right. So he's telling the butcher, I need uh six, six steaks, uh, 10, 12. Uh, no, maybe, maybe, better make it eight. Uh, we, well, you know, maybe make a dozen. <laughs> I'm having mm, a party. 14. Right. 14. And the next time we see him, he's at this place and his whole truck bed is filled. Dude, he's unloading the, yeah, he's unloading the back of his truck. It's like, what the fuck's going <laughs> so on, much, man? You're like, what, dude, what's going on, man? Oh my God. It's so ridiculous. Next, next time we, we, we see, you know, Starla, she comes home, she sees a, a padlock on the basement door and, he, and she's like, what the fuck is this? You know, and then Grant comes up and he's, she's questioning him like, what's this? Ah, it's your birthday. It's your, it, it's, uh, so you're so close to your birthday, you're asking so many questions. <laughs> oh, my birthday's two months away. He's like, close enough. Now she's seeing more of his... Right, his shirt's kind of open. She sees she's, some fucking gross fucking... Yeah. Looks like ringworm. <laughs> he's just kind of like, oh, you know, it's this thing. And, like, I already, and he t- tells her that like, I already saw the doctor, blah, 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 about it. So she just, she goes, I, you know, Hey, I gotta go take a shower. And then he goes, meet me up there or something something like that. So he goes, she goes and takes the shower. Wonderfully, uh, fogged out glass, by the way, <laughs> perfectly <Yeah, totally. laughs> shoulders yeah, and up revealed. And he comes in there and we're starting to see a little bit more change than what we saw just a few moments ago with the skin. Now we're seeing he's taking off his shirt. I mean, before his shirt comes off, you're seeing movement under his shirt. You're like, Whoa, what the fuck's yeah. going on, man? Things are moving. Yeah. And then the great job too, when they show the camera from inside the shower, looking out through the fogged glass, you can still see the movement that you're not really seeing yet. You're not really seeing what's on the other side of that. So well done. And he's going to sneak in on her and he, the the aliens like really taking over now. And it's really, you know, the the aliens like doing fuck this. And like you're saying, he just fights it. He he fights it to protect her. And uh, like I said, there's so many, you know, you've seen him being such a piece of shit early on, kind of questioning, you know, his morality as. Right. I mean. But now you're really starting to see this sort of. It's your beauty and the beast is coming out. Yes, exactly. You're starting to feel bad for him now, you know, the the, the enchanted prince now is like starting to, <laughs> starting to show. He's turning, he's turning yeah. into Calibus, dude. Yes, totally. Anyway, so he like, he goes, I got to go, baby. I got to go to work. And he goes, well, you're supposed to take me to the deer fling or deer cheer. What the fuck I'll is meet, I'll, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. <laughs> and like, and he bails. And, Running uh, out trying to fucking push those fucking tentacles back under his butt and his <laughs> shirt up, dude. It's hilarious. It's like, and you know, I know it's really obvious right now because you've got, you know, the whole phallic aspect of the whole thing. And the irony is that it. He, this whole thing comes about from it's, it's the pregnancy in reverse. Yes, it's and it's fucking perfect. So next time uh, we see Grant, though, man, he's knocking on Brenda's door, knocking on somebody's door. We don't know who it is until she opens. She it. opens the door with the baby, man. She's got. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you're like, what? What? And she hasn't. There? She hasn't seen him since that night. And she's like, oh, Grant, I thought you were dead. <laughs> People, right? people came looking for you, man. And he's like, oh, man, I don't know what to say. And he goes, I got something for you, though. She thinks it's just going to be in a continuation of the other night. Right. But before they found the larvae, <laughs> it's going to be a continuation of the other night. 
for her. She's gonna she's gonna get what she was looking for. <laughs> she had, exactly, but a little bit more than she bargained for. Because now the things that we just saw a preview of are now fully in view, and there's just two tentacles, and they come out of Grant's you know abdomen and just puncture her abdomen, and it just starts. And we're seeing it just fill up with shit. And it's dude, just, and when he puts his hand over her mouth and he's looking at dude, it's total Henry. Poor yeah. kill. I was like, oh, God, there he is. Yeah. it's And you know that's what Gun was going for. And the for. baby's crying. Yeah. Oh, my God. In the fucking background. I always love how babies are so, so like, in tune with the things going on around them other than, hey, I got shit in my pants and I need something in my tummy. Don't but. cry. Don't cry. Don't, don't cry. And he's telling the baby not to cry. I'm like, oh, good Lord. <laughs> So, so, so Grant's missing, right? You know, he, yeah. You don't know where the fuck he's at. But we cut to this, this, you know, this obvious shindig that they have every year in this town. It's their big, yeah. It's almost like a homecoming thing. It's an annual party that they have, right? It's the opening night ceremony for deer hunting season. <laughs> deer From cheer all around. Deer cheer. <laughs> so we we have a great moment with Starla and Bill, and they're Fillion and, and Banks are out on this this overlook looking over their town. And obviously they're up in the mountains, which I thought, I thought the, one of those things I never noticed before was them high, being so high above the town and seeing the town as in its entirety. Yeah. It really lets you know how small this town is, but it's yep. also how smart it was out time-wise. And when they get to certain parts of the town, you, you, you don't feel like it takes too long or, no, or, no, no, or, or totally. they get there too it, quick, you know? It kind of sets up the geography of where you're at, right? So that you're, you know, you're not shocked when they're, you know, literally they're two minutes away from right. the the next location they go to. And it's usually a first act thing, dude. Here we are in the middle of the second act, and they're throwing us out there. Almost which is, the end of the second, right? Act. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, so they have that moment. Fillion and and Wally show up at the house. It seems like she's covering for him, right? When they're saying, "Hey, where's is Grant here?" You know, and then you know somebody's missing, and you know we we need to talk to you. Have him call me. There's that whole thing. And the next time we see her, Grant's peeking in the <laughs> peeking in the window, right? And she's on the phone with the doctor. Yeah, and that's when she finds out that he never saw the doctor. Uh huh. And never. he's looking. He's looking super creepy now because now he's now he's even more controlled by the larvae. Right, and he hears the whole conversation, and now it's like fucking you, evil bitch, you betrayed me. Yeah, and he turned around. No. And she turns around and sees him in the window, and she goes for runs for it, and then he's waiting at the back door for. Her. And then that's when he starts giving her crap, and boy, out comes the shirt and the tentacles again. And I'm like, going, whoa, we know yeah. what happens there. <laughs> Yeah, right? And she tries to make a phone call. He slaps the phone out of her hand. Dude. But the she still dials the phone number, and you can hear, and, and, and obviously Bill on the other end hears, or something from dispatch, they all hear the, the commotion. Right. And they aren't that they aren't too far away from where they were. They were just there. Yeah, they were just there a few minutes ago. And then, right. boom, they come inside, and then, dude, they see Grant. Go his have his arm go from choking her like he's in, like he's in WWE, and all of a sudden his arm turns... It starts to Jointless. move like a python. And it turns into a tentacle and it starts choking her right when they walk in. They immediately draw all their guns. They're like, what the? I mean, they're all kind of like, I'm going to try to steady my hand here. But they're all freaking out because like, what the hell are you seeing? You know, when he runs away, right? And his arm fucking so is great. like all squid, right? Dude, that's straight out. That's that's Fuchs. Yes. From fucking the 100%. That's Fuchs, the fucking mutated arm and shit. Yeah. I was like, yes. Like I said, I, I, this movie is just so loaded with fucking Easter eggs and fucking little 
bits and fucking nuggets from, you know, from all the movies that obviously gone and right. you've watched the same stuff we did when we were growing up. Right. At this point too, when we kind of neglected to talk about before Grant shows up in between the phone call, in between the visit from, from, uh, from Bill and his deputies, she goes and cracks open and she's wedges oh, yeah. herself into the basement and she goes down there and sees all the missing animals that she's been seeing flyers for everywhere. Now we're, now we're back at the sheriff's station. And this is when we're talking about how livestock right. has been disappearing and they're tying well, it in to like Grant. A, they're making all those squid jokes, right? The right. mayor comes in and right. there's a fucking squid plushie on the, on, on Fillion's lamp on his desk. Right. And so they see these two or three livestock mutilations that have happened or missing animals. And they're, it was so great about it. It's like, well, they're highlighting them on a map and they're using like a little squid icon to like represent, <laughs> to represent Grant. He's the best. Like he's responsible because of, obviously because of what they found in the basement. They're like, I mean, he's unresponsible. Hey, look at this trajectory here. This is where he's going next. So they camp out at this house waiting for him to show up. And Starla's insisting on going. She's like, oh no, he's Grant. I have to, uh, you know, I'm worried about him. The only way you'll bring him in alive is, is with me. I need to I need to help you bring him in because she doesn't want them to murder him. Right. She, you know, again, you know, it, you want to call it, uh, what's the, uh, what's the word for it? Um, where you're a hostage. Uh, oh, yeah. What's the term? Helsinki syndrome. Helsinki syndrome is set in. <laughs> kind of, right? I mean. Helsinki Sweden. She's been held prisoner <laughs> since she was 18. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> we think so some of that going on. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just saying, you know, no, you know, put that's, a ring on it and like, I'll kill you if you leave. You yeah. know, there was that conversation that's basically at some the point. Tone. Yeah. That's basically the, the, the guy that we know Grant for until he gets taken over. So they go and camp out at this house. It's a Strudemeyer's house. They're all back there. And it's not just the deputies, man. They deputized some other town dudes that went out there. All the next time we see Grant, oh dude, oh man, dude, <laughs> he's he more looks, than just one one uh, one tentacle man anymore. <laughs> right? He kind of looks like he's almost like the, when they turn Chet into a pile of shit and weird science. Yes, like he's half of that. It's it's an <laughs> amalgam of that and the Martians from Simpsons. That's yes, what- <laughs> right? No, totally, it is. It's like they just took those two things and. Two great tastes. It tastes great together. And then he comes, they got the cow just in the middle of this, this, this opening Whoa. waiting for him to just to sucker him in. And then he comes slithering out of nowhere. You're like, holy shit, what the hell is that? And it, it's that been, whole it's been thing, an hour, right? Maybe two hours. Right. And it's like, what the fuck? And that whole piece <laughs> so, right there to me is like just straight out of Cohen's, like a Cohen brother moment. Yes. Like the way that they're all kind of like, and the, and the one day he's like, Oh my God, look, look, uh, and he, he just, you know, and, and the way that the, this, the way it's framed and yeah. he's slowly moving across and then he shoots that fucking tentacle into that cow. And it just, and it just falls over. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> it's like a tauntaun falls yeah. over. <laughs> now they can't stop Starla because she just jumps up and she walks onto the opening and she starts talking to him. This right now is one of the few times that he strays away from the monster movies that we've been talking about that are obvious. And now we're getting a little bit of from beyond. Yep. Gordon's from beyond where his these super tight close-ups. And this is where you start really feeling bad for Grant. Dude, does he really deserve this? Does he serve what's going on with him right now? Dude, right. Like, is there anything he did in his life 
so bad that right. this should have it's fucked up because dude that way like it, when it shows his smile like his, in his teeth oh, and there's like two sets of teeth but one is up higher and they just kind of uh, it's fucking disturbing and then the makeup here again another homage i'm pretty sure this is an homage to freaked too yeah. The way, because like how Alex Winter's jaw and his teeth went back all the way to his ear, like to the very back of his jaw. That's kind of what that makeup did in, as well. And but now Starla's trying is engaged with Grant. Grant's like fixated on him. But what's really interesting is something happens later on. She's kind of setting it up right now. She's not just talking to Grant. She's talking to this otherworldly being that's inside of him. Almost like, you know, you're by yourself. You know, you're lonely. It's got to be hard. You know, that kind of thing. Right. And she expands on that even more later on when he becomes more like just a big blob of beans Shit, coming turns together. Shit, turns the hut. Yeah. So she's trying to, to get him going and focus on that. And they're and, and they're getting him distracted by it. And then Hillbilly Bob, whatever the fuck his name is, comes out of nowhere with his handgun drawn. And he just kind of says, we need to know where the girl is. You don't tell me where the girl is. I'm going to, I'm going to blow you away. <laughs> and then now whatever distraction that Starlo has been producing. It's over. It's the, broken. The, the, yeah. The alien's taken back over and they get this rad wide shot. And you just see this tentacle kind of go, whoosh, and you're like, what happened? And they cut to a close up, and you see this faint line down the middle of his face. And you're like, wait, what the? F-? And then his eyes are moving on. Like what just happened? And he splits in half. Yep. And you're like, what? Now, seeing that kind, of, <laughs> that kind of thing. And then, by the way, the same year, Joe Lynch's Wrong Turn 2 does something similar where the when one of the Hill people like cuts the dude and cuts the girl in half. And but you see, you just see the the the, the guts fall to the to the ground. You never see the right and you see them drag away the split parts later on. Those two having that happen in two different movies, roughly within a year of each other, or you know, within 10, 12 months of each other. It's weird because you would never see something like that in a in a, a studio movie like this. No. And even though Wrong Turn 2 is straight to video, it's still, Fox still put money behind it. It was like one of the first times straight to video was a big thing when the DVD market came around. Right. It's such a great moment. Splits the dude in half. You're like going, whoa, they're not going to be able to kill this thing, right? <laughs> right. And then it just fucking pieces out. And then, and then everybody starts taking shots and everyone's going apeshit, like just guns are coming out, everybody's shooting. And then it thing, and then, and then Grant, the Grant, 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 the alien <laughs> takes off and he's gone. Like he moves at light speed. I'm like, whoa, they're never going to find that guy. And, but no, so they go into the woods, fucking, they go in the woods looking for him though. They chase after him because they're still trying yeah. to find Brenda. They don't know what the hell's going on. What they always got to remember, man, you got to follow the water. <laughs> yeah. So there's some, uh, one of the deputies sees some movement and and over in the creek. Right. And he goes, oh, so we're here. So we're here. And they go and chase after it and they get to this barn. I don't know if this is part of Strudemeyer's property or what, but they get inside the barn and there's Brenda. Dude. Dude. And we had seen, and we had seen Brenda earlier in this barn. Yeah, right. Well, he dumped meat off to her. Yeah. But now we're seeing her like she is this giant rotund thing. She's huge. She looks like a giant butthole. Yes. And she's just <laughs> this little head inside of this. The, inside she's this. like her face and her mouth is the butthole. Yes. And she looks like she's attached to a giant ass. It's so weird and like disturbing. Yeah. She's talking to the deputies and, and to Bill. 
And he's like, uh, she goes, oh, that hurts so much. I'm so hungry. I didn't know anybody could be so hungry. <laughs> right? And then someone goes, oh, my gosh, her tumors are moving. And she's like, oh, these little fuckers are killing me. And then she starts to split open. <laughs> Dude, so gross. I mean, it's also, it's funny because everybody's just kind of standing there in awe, like in shock, and nobody's running. And everyone's just kind of like blown away, like, what the hell's going on? And as she starts to split, you know, Bill looks over his shoulder and sees out the window, looking in, is Grant Grant yeah. and realizes we've been led here. We've been set up. Yep. Set up. So Brenda rips open the rest of the way and all of these like 12, 10, 12 inch slugs pour oh, out. <laughs> Just a sea of slug come out. <gasps> Thousands of them. Oh my God. You're like, holy shit, what's going on? And these things start like jumping into the mouths of the deputies and Bill sees what's going on. Like, cover your mouth, cover your mouth. And uh, the one female deputy covers her mouth and the mayor goes running out. <laughs> He's running outside the barn. Right. Trying covers to get away. It. And uh, he's doing the same. He, they, they, they were like, uh, a Bill guy covers up both him and Starla's mouth and they kind of like lay on the ground while the sea of slugs goes over them, realizing they don't have a way in. They just keep moving their way out of the barn. While every deputy, everybody's taking over except for Starla, Bill, the mayor, which we find out when they leave the step outside the barn, and the one female deputy. And they all kind of get out of there. And then the mayor's like, damn, that's little fucker was trying to get into my mouth, man. I'm like, what kind of thing wants you to eat it? <laughs> right. So you're like, going, what is going on? And it's just all the slugs, just like a sea move on because they need hosts. And they never, they never say that they have like a, a certain shelf life, but you have to assume they do because they're on a mission. They have one goal and it's to get inside a host and take it over. Right. Like they say, man is the warmest place to hide. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> another movie. And since they're basically in the street of Myers backyard, right? That's the first place the slugs show up. Yeah. And they're climbing up the side of the thing. And, and we see Kylie, who we saw earlier. She's We saw her in in uh, Starlow's classroom the right. very beginning. That's I thought that was so clever. That's the first and that's the first time you see her. And you don't see her again until after right. the birthing of the slugs. Her, you see her at the dinner table. Because she's the one who fucking poked the deal when he was drawing the picture with the boobs. Right. Dirt bags. <laughs> So now, ironically, don't you do that. Don't you do it. She's in the she's in a bathtub. She's getting ready to take a bath. My question right here is why in fucking earth? I get it. It's probably late summer. Windows are open, but man, does nobody have any screens in this fucking movie? Yeah, uh, dude, there's not a screen on a fucking window. And I've been to, to both Carolinas yes. in the summer, and I will tell you, motherfucking bugs bigger than those slugs will come in your fucking windows. <laughs> Anyway, so when he's, she's in the bathtub, Kylie's in the bathtub now, and she's just kind of like in, you know, in her in, in the soapy tub, and we see a slug get in, and it jumps into the water, and boy, we're fall, we got this POV, <laughs> not a POV, but we're but we're right behind, dude. I was just like terrified that that's yes. uh, that wasn't gonna shoot for her mouth. No, I was like, oh yeah. no, yeah, yeah. Guess it didn't work that way though. No, no, and what's <laughs> happening? Thank to, God. But that was such a trauma moment too. By yeah, the way, having the camera dude. right behind the slug, behind the puppet, oh, it's so great. Yep. And she opens her eyes right when it's about to happen, and she just she can't stop it before it starts going into her mouth. And then she gets out, by the way, the only nudity in the entire movie, which was so funny with her chastising her 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 classmate for drawing right. <laughs> the nudity. She's got the only nudity in the movie. She hops out of the tub. Yep. And she's got, she's 
double fisting the tail of this thing, trying to keep it from going into her mouth. Well, dude, it's a good thing she went and got those nails done because if she hadn't right? had the Japanese girl do her nails, yes. she wouldn't have been able to hold on to that son of a bitch. Right. And she's just digging them in to the tail. While this is happening, she's rolling her eyes back at her head and she's seeing things. We're seeing what she's seeing. And right. We're, we're starting to discover something about this alien being. And it's very hive-like. They all kind of have like a hive mind. And we're discovering that because she's like, she's seeing this alien, what it's done on other planets. And it reminded me of Phantasm. Yes. God, right? Yes. With the little Jawas. Yes. <laughs> the little Jawas. <laughs> so much so. Yeah. And, and so she's starting to see this and she eventually like gets it and throws it out of her mouth. She's a, it's a struggle though. She sees a lot. Yeah. So she throws it against the wall and it comes out her and she takes a, a curling, curling iron, iron and just fries it. So she goes and starts checking on the on the family because they're all screaming now. She comes out of the bedroom, like out of the bathroom, and her mom like you know just coughs blood all over her. And I'm like six feet, six feet. Where's your mask? You know. Yeah. <laughs> She's just spraying mom. blood all over. See, that's what this year's done to us. <laughs> we're like, we're like, why aren't you everything. wearing a mask? Why are you so close? <laughs> So that's happening, and and her mom's like good love falls on the ground, starts flopping around. She hears her 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 siblings, hear little girls screaming. screaming. She busts down the door with this. Too late. <laughs> They're both kind of flopping around, and she, and then she's in the room now, and all the slugs are climbing the wall and the ceilings of her siblings' room. And she goes out the window, jumps down off the the roof, and runs for the truck. And she can't go anywhere because there's no keys in the in the vehicle. So she's just sitting there. She never checked above the visor. Yeah. I was shocked. Right? I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, it starts taking over. All these slugs are just covering over the vehicle. One of the things I thought was super clever is when they have a camera shot looking through the window at her. Oh, yeah. And having it just the shadows start blocking out the light. For something that you know was a CG effect, because you would have seen all the puppetry if it was actual puppets covering the light. It was so well done. It was like, and that's all, that's not an easy effect to pull off when it's all CG, no, cut, taking it, out light like that and not look fake. Yeah, it was funny, man. I was wondering if they like did it with like a gobo or something, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they could have created a light effect. Yeah, then, but, but man, man it, it was works, cool, man. It's so well, because you see that maybe, maybe there was a combination of that and a little bit of post-production animation, kind of because it showed a little bit of movement, but so clever. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. So we cut back to the barn and we see them dragging the deputies out, right? All of a sudden, <laughs> Starless left by herself and then uh, Dead Wally sits up. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, like, and he starts telling her, he starts talking in Wally's voice, but he's, he sounds like Grant. He's, he's saying things that Grant said to her. Right. Wait a second. And now you're putting what happened to Kylie's, Kylie's vision, you know, the visions that Kylie saw. And now with this, you're like, Oh my gosh, they're sentient. Yeah. All of a sudden, boom, the other bodies start sitting up. I was just, at this point, it's just the mayor and Starla, right? It's the mayor and Starla are watching. Uh, yeah. 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 That's it's it because, Starla. yeah, it's just the two of them. And then all three of them are like talking about, oh, no, no, no. Well, the female deputy's the female still there. Female still there. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're it, dragging the body. They just drug all the bodies yeah. out. Yeah. And then the one, the, the one younger deputy, like when they're all fully standing up and I'm going, oh, darn, Sarla. And they're like, he's so creepy, dude. You little, you, sometimes you get some harmony. Sometimes you're getting delayed wording. Like, because yeah, it was like, like, like they're, like they're too far away from the radio station. So there's a delay. You know, it's right, just, yes, exactly. So, so super clever. The female deputy's like, what's going on here? And the one younger, 
reanimated deputy. Like this is this again, very reanimated looking green mucus out of her. And she starts burning. She's like, oh, it's burning. And she starts blowing up like we saw Brenda blow up. We're like, whoa, what the fuck's going on? And uh, so Starla grabs a shotgun and he, she's a pointed Grant, uh, Wally Grant. I was calling that. <laughs> it's Wally Grant. Wally Grant. You're hearing Grant speak to her going, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't hurt me. You wouldn't hurt me, darling, and all that stuff. And she just <laughs> unloads the shells right into his head. His head explodes and the little little slug him flying out and they step on her. What the fuck did they do with it? But now they're getting fully attacked by the other the other deputies. Yeah, the other right. It's like it's a full on. It, this where it's sort of and, and they're ambling too. I like the way they're very uh, George Romero, Night of the Living Dead. Yes, fucking kind of like you know, they're kind of like their their motor skills aren't all quite there right. yet. Like because they have been dead and like this the now the slug is kind of running the whole thing but doesn't really know how to it's like i i pictured like a teenager who doesn't really know how to drive a car right right uh, on the brake uh, uh, right <laughs> what, uh, I thought, what i thought was super clever too is, you know just a couple of years before this you know the 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 dawn of the dead remake had come out that that zach snyder directed but it was penned by by james gunn I thought that was really cool because, you know, like you point out, there are there are zombie moments in this, like like this moment yeah. right now. But he didn't he didn't fall back on anything. It didn't he didn't like he wasn't so tongue in cheeky to being self referential, right? Which I thought was kind of cool. He could have done that. Yeah, no, but he didn't. That's what's great about it. Oh you know, yeah, Starla goes to take another shot at one of the deputies, and then we had a click, and she's obviously got nowhere shells, and so her and the mayor go running off. Now we cut back over to the. The Strudemeyer's house and poor Kylie's still stuck in inside the inside the truck, but now her reanimated family's stepping off the porch and coming to pay her a visit. The the the, the little sister, dude, how creepy is she, man? Oh, that God, little girl dude. was so good. And she's like, Kylie, let me in, baby, let me in. It was so it was so weird because this is the first time now that we've seen one of the infested humans talking to somebody else, right? Other than Starla, and where they're communicating, actually using the host that way. Because the rest of the time it's just it's just we hear Grant speaking through her, yeah. And then, but that's what, and then we got back to that really creepy moment that with him. Is that how he knows who she is? Is it real? Are they really feeding off the host, or are they really feeding off Grant's antenna? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's almost I mean, like maybe there was something cut because she was a student of Starla's. I don't know, maybe something along those lines. Right. That moment is so good. Well, I feel like Grant's probably friends with the Strudemeyers anyway because the mayor is, and Grant and the mayor are friends. You know, right. they're all, you know rich people. They're all friends. Rich and they're people. all fucking the rich people in this movie are all fucking weirdos. By yeah, the way, they are. Right, the Studemeyers are fucking weird. The dad and the mom. There's and they're and they're punks. They're punks to to Kylie. Yeah, they're like going, you know, basically calling her whore because of her, her nails. <laughs> Come on, dude. Because she painted her fingernails. Right. Holy shit, dude! It's so ridiculous. As her family is like trying to take things over right now, Kylie's family are like consuming the vehicle, trying to coax her out. Fillion shows up and sees what's going on. He's like, what the fuck? Because he's been, he's been run. He ran away from the scene, man. Because he's like, I'm gonna, I gotta get the fuck out of here. He thought things were well in hand up in the barn, but he had no idea these things were going to reanimate. But now he sees this family. Like, now I got to deal with zombies too? What the fuck's going on, man? And it's like, so Kylie bails out the truck, comes running to him and they hop in his vehicle and take off. And this is where we run into Starla and the mayor. And out of the woods, man, because <laughs> they're being pursued. 
uh, we get to see Starla kind of uh, be a little bit of a badass out of necessity, but still. Um, once the younger deputy kind of attacks her and she grabs the, the street sign and starts just <laughs> sticking him in the neck with it and just obliterating him. Oh, dude, right? She just goes full on Rambo <laughs> or Ripley. Everybody's in the car just sitting there going, what, what, what? And then the marriage is like, has this the best line of the movie. So Starlight finishes doing the damage and hops in the car and the four of them take off, right? And I didn't realize just how far out of town they are. They're not even in Wheelsy at the time. Right. Oh. And like and you know, Nathan gets on the gets on the on the horn. Jenna Fisher, who's their who's their essentially the receptionist, nice little nod there to, to be in, to the office, right? Right. I already seen her early on where she's just kind of like, you know, he called her earlier and said, Hey, you know, you call the authorities. I call the call the feds to come in here. We got some nasty shit going on, CDC or whatever the fuck it was. I forgot what he said. And um, so now they're coming back into town and he gets on dispatch again with her and she's just kind of like well, now she's taken over. The slugs made their way inside the sheriff station and consumed her. But now she's she's on the other end and she's just like going, welcome back, killer. Right. We got a surprise for you right around the corner. And right as she's saying this, we see in the background. Dude. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. This truck just broadsides the, 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 the cop car and just sends them flying. Fillion comes out of it and... He's just sitting in the front seat, kind of like, what the what the hell just happened? That as he's waking up, they're getting surrounded by, you know, the townsfolks that are completely infested now and taken over. And they're just there. They're after Starla. That's all they want. They'd grab Starla and yank her out of the car. Right. And disappear. And Fillion is trying to climb out just to save his ass at this point. He gets out safely on the other side of the wreckage on the opposite side where all the humans are, all, the, all these now infested, whatever the fuck they are, <laughs> gets Kylie out. And they're trying to get the mare out, but they can't. And, and all these new jackasses, you know, yank the, the mare out and <laughs> now they're property of, of, uh, of Antenna Man or whatever fuck you want to call him. Yeah, exactly. And off he goes. And now they're just like, oh, well, I can't do anything about the mare. He's done. Done. They got no way to get around. The safest place for him to be is in the sheriff's station, he thinks. Kylie's in hiding, right? And Fillion goes inside yes. the sheriff's station. We get to see something we haven't seen yet. <laughs> We have a deer fully taken yeah. over by one of these things. Dude, this is where it goes. I made a mistake earlier. I said it's the only Evil Dead moment. I'm wrong. It's, there's another right. Evil Dead moment, and here Full it is. Full on Evil Dead. It is, it is between the two moments, this is, as, this is as quintessential Evil Dead as that POV shot we saw earlier. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, is literally, it's, it literally is the deer on the wall in the cabin. Yeah. Attacking him. So fucking great. And it's kicking the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> the Kylie kind of sees through through the outside window. She's like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> what the hell was that? And we don't know if she pursues and they're going there to help him. Next thing you know, you think Fillion's done. All of a sudden, bink. And Kylie's there to save the sheriff and knocks the deer out and kills it or whatever whatever she did to it. It's out and Fillion safe. Out of commission. Out of commission. <laughs> what does he say to her? He thanks her profusely. He says, but when I retell the story. <laughs> I saved you. So gold. You notice everything's going north. You think we, you know, they, you think if we go north, we find her. Well, what do we got to lose? You know what? Grant, Grant's house is that way. 
Hey, let's go there. Maybe let's give that a shot. And so he and Kylie are sneak into the you know, the bushes outside the place, and we're starting to see everything now. We're seeing everything. We're seeing some of these infest and infestated Dude, uh, humans walk right? around patrolling. They're like it's again very much like an ant army. They're they all have jobs and they're maintaining their jobs. Perimeter, yeah, in inner perimeter, like the some are like you're not a worker bee, so come over here and start melding with me. Like when that big fat dude. Oh, dude, where he just comes and he kind of like, well, he mushes into the rest of that big old. Yeah. <laughs> right. But again, this is the, this is like the, this, this is the moments from the thing that you don't see. Right. Or invasion uh, or invaders from Mars. Yes. Or, uh, you know, any of those classic 1950s sort of uh, sci-fi alien. Right. Paranoia, uh, communism, invasion films. of the body snatchers, all that stuff is just, yeah, man, all of it's good stuff. Full tilt right now. And something that it's, it has to be pointed out when that very large man starts melding, they cut away and they cut back. And when you see him again, what would you say? It's, you know, how long he's on the screen a second time, maybe a second and a half, maybe two full seconds. If, but they did, at this point, he's he's almost fully melded in now, but they did this whole smooth over, you know, latex job that probably took them hours to do. And it literally is on the screen for a second and a half. I mean, that's it. Yeah. And you never see it again. And I, I just thought, man, that was so, I mean, I'm sure it was, I'm sure that it was a lot longer of a shot, but it was probably too long if you left it in longer than it was. Yeah. If you let it in there just long enough for you to see. It's kind of Brundle fly-ish too, right? Yes. And because you had already seen Grant inside with all these other bodies attached to him, but this is the one moment you see how it got that way and how they kind of and how big it actually is. And that's the thing too. He's he's in the we've seen that giant living room two or three times before this, so we know it's a big room. But now it becomes so big that when he does connect with that large guy, it's it's hanging outside the house. It's like yeah, he's like on the front porch, <laughs> just hanging out right by the pool, <laughs> getting his ass by mosquitoes. Even the mosquitoes don't want to bite that thing. And they look in and they see Starla. They go, you know, they see Starla kind of walking across the living room. And then this is the thing I referred to earlier where she's now she's trying. Now I know 100%. She's not trying to communicate with Grant. She's trying to communicate with that being, you know, saying you've been lonely. You've been being this one thing that's going through and destroying planets. Time and space. Yeah, exactly. It's because you've been alone. I'll be with you by your side while you do what you need to do. And it's like going, Whoa. And the whole time you're seeing this, she slowly takes out the sterling silver brush that you saw her tuck into her panties earlier, just before this. And you're thinking, man, he's not going to, he's not going to let him get close enough to stick it in him. And I'm like, oh man, this, this really can't be the way that kills this thing. Right. It can't be silver. Right. It can't She's be something. Kill him with a fucking mirror. That's not going to be a it. vanity mirror. It doesn't. She gets close enough to stick it him in the neck. She he tentacles her ass across the room, and she gets thrown against the wall. This is where where Fillion and and Kylie go in there to try to 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 rescue her, and Fillion's got this this grenade that they that they threw a little force out a moment earlier when they were grabbing all the rifles to go after Grant in the very beginning before they realized what they were dealing with. And he has this grenade and he's just about to have his one-liner hero moment. <laughs> a set of tentacle comes out of nowhere and smashes him against the wall, throws the grenade across the room. And he and Kylie are scrambling for it to try to hold down the, the, the pin lever to keep it from blowing up. 
because they figure that's their only chance to 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 end this. And again, another tentacle smashes the fillion. Right. He's getting this shit slapped. I haven't, I haven't seen somebody whipped by tentacles like this since Deep Rising. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you, and we've already like, we already know that the original Grant is not a big fan of Bill Party. He's not a fan of Fillion at all because of their history, his history with Starla. And he and he always thinks that he's still always after. And he was, you know, he's pining after and he's right. But but that little bit of Grant that's still inside this this being's head knows it. And that's why he keeps attacking him and keeps attacking him. And that last time he attacks him with with the tentacle with the tentacle slap, Fillion loses the <laughs> loses the grenade and it falls in the pool and blows up. And he just that moment <laughs> where Fillion just like stares and goes, "Well, I'm fucked." He just has that one moment where he's just staring in disbelief that the one thing that they had to kill this thing in his mind anyway is gone. We're done. This is over. And then now he's about to get tentacle. Right. And he's getting the one tentacle inside and he's holding back the other one, but this one's in him, man. It's in him. And he's fighting over, just fighting it in. He sees a big propane tank right next to him and it's kind of leaking a little bit. So he's able to reach the propane tank and he shoves the tip of the other tentacle inside of this and just opens up the, the propane tank and you just see it going back inside of him and it's filling up and it's filling up. And he's just, he's still got this tentacle in him. It's his last hurrah as a hero. He knows he's dead, but this is the only way this is the last ditch effort because she's desperate. It, you can just see the gas just going through the tube back up inside of him. And he looks at Starla and says, shoot him. He struggles, but he says, shoot him. And so she grabs the gun Grant turns to her and again, again, it's another one of those sad moments where you just kind of like, you see Grant more than you see this alien. Yep. And that, that, that didn't fall for the cliche of saying or mouthing the words, I'm sorry, before she does it, she just pulls the trigger and he blows up and he, he implodes. <laughs> she just kind of implodes and then fully explodes. And it's just, it's, it's messy. <laughs> gross it's nasty as fuck is what it is every single one of the beings that are part of this, they're all screaming as it's happening again one of the another big uh a moment if we ever would have saw some real detail from the thing and in fact yeah, oh, that, yeah. even the even the remake doesn't even get this this nutty as far as the uh as far as the effects and amalgam that this thing has become and it just blows up that's it what that was it save the world save the world you know, granted, Fillion's just got this gaping hole in his abdomen and it's leaking out this white shit. <laughs> it's pretty right? gross, dude. Probably some of his intestines. Yeah. It, I mean, it looks Maybe like some vital organs. It looks like, you know, the Cinnabon icing. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oozing out like, of him. He's like, he's turned into the Pillsbury Doughboy guy. <laughs> it's like, man, I want to, I want a cinnamon roll, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go. I need to go make turn the oven on. <laughs> so they're so it's just and it's just the three of them now because we, you know, the mayor got murdered, he got fully taken over. He was, we, you know, we saw him downstairs just before all this chaos. Well, eating meat. Dude, my favorite part was when uh, he said, Kill me, Bill, and he just fucking <laughs> shot him, dude. He didn't, hesitate. Like, didn't, he didn't even look at him, he just fucking <laughs> walked by and shot him. This is awesome. Like, he just gave, Oh, I've been wanting to do this for years. Boom, I don't care. Good, goodbye. So now it's just Starla, Kylie, and Bill just walking around, like going, oh, we got to walk 10 miles to the next town so I can get help. And dude, one of my favorite things about the end of this movie is they got that crane shot and it just stays there. Yeah. And you see them walk through almost the entire credits until they're out, off of, you know, out of frame. So well done. Yep. 
here's some oddness in a 2006 pre MCU because this is pre pre MCU. This is you know this isn't this isn't even Iron Man two yet in 2006. Not even Iron Man one. Uh, was Iron Man one? Iron 2000? Man one is 2008. Was it 2008? Yeah, I thought that was. I, was in, I saw it in New Mexico when I was uh, working on. Oh Terminator. yeah, that's right. Because 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 Joey was because Joey was two when he got into it. For a pre Marvel universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, there is a post credit moment in this, and it's pretty great. And I'm not gonna say what it is because it's fun. And if you haven't seen the movie, cool. This is the one time I'm gonna play that game. I don't want to spoil anything for you. Just stay till the end. It's a fun little moment. This movie kicks so much ass. It was great revisiting it, even though I've seen it close to, you know, 15 times. Yeah, no, no. When we had talked about, when we were doing a commentary, we talked about uh, this movie and we're like, you you right away, we, were like, we almost like said it in harmony, like, but it needs to be a proper movie episode. It needs to be a non-commentary. Yeah. I'm so glad we did it because it's like, man, this movie is so fucking fun. By the time you hear this, it won't be on Showtime anymore because it's going to be gone in four or five days. Well, it leaves Showtime in four days or six days. But here's something we haven't mentioned yet. This has a fantastic shot release. Oh, yeah, totally. And it's one of the it's one of those kinds of packages that we're always clamoring for. Some of the other movies that don't have any kind of Blu-ray release that we need one. For. We also threw it out there like maybe Shot Factory should pick up 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Yes, we, we just said that during the episode. Yeah. It was Idiocracy. Oh, right. Slither has, a, again, wonderful Blu-ray out there. If you don't have it yet. Pick it up. This is the one to get. Don't go digital on this because the, the extras are what make this more so enjoyable. And you're going to love it in your collection. If Even if you've seen it before. And this is one of those few times, too, that we recommend something where you can blindly watch this movie. Yeah. Even after we've talked about it. And just get so much more out of it than anything we had to share, you know? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's 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 such a fun, and it's such a breezy movie, man. Like, again, like we said earlier, 12-minute first act, and then maybe a 15, 20-minute second act, and then and then the rest of it, you know, it's a, it's a, then it's all balls out till the end of the movie. Yeah. There's never a moment where you're like, man, this is long, or, oh, you know, me being a dog lover, like, when he... I was like, ah, I forgot about that. But, you know, I soon got over it because of the way that they sort of worked into the story. They weren't doing it just to fucking, you know, it was part of the story and it, they worked it into, you know, the whole thing. And it was livestock and the whole deal. It wasn't just to like, jerk your fucking emotions. It right. wasn't like, you know, they didn't just kill the dog because, you know, they wanted you to cry at the moment. They kind of, this, the scene, we didn't really touch on it, but this, it may, where I, where I became okay with it was the scene when they went out and they're like, how did he kill all these dogs? He, goes, he knocked this one's head. I actually laughed when he picked up the German shepherd's head. Cause it looks so fake. <laughs> that I was okay like, with it. You know, found it head over here. <laughs> yeah. It became like, again, it, it was like Fargo and the deputies were, you know, it was just this weird and I was okay with it. It was like, okay, fine. You know, it made me laugh. And I, then I realized I'm watching a movie and they're not just doing it, you know, to get a reaction. It's, you know, it's part of the story. Yeah, the movie's so much fun. You 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 won't be disappointed in it. Even our review of it doesn't cover the awesomeness of, like we've talked about. We talked about before we started recording. So many things that we I've never seen. Again, I've seen this movie 15 times or so, maybe more. But I, I see things in it that I didn't see the first time or any of the time previous times. And it's just, or it just 
little things that I get reminded about that maybe I don't recall. Yeah. And it just reaffirms what a ridiculously fun movie this is and how disappointing it is at the same time to know that this was considered a box office failure for a movie that only cost $15 million to make. And this movie does not look like a $15 million movie. That's another thing too, that Gunn was able to take in from the trauma days. He can do a lot for little and it shows. Well, plus they shot in, shot it in Canada, which, you know, also always you know, helps. Canada has made, <laughs> well, it does. It also, but you know, again, the back, dude, a lot of the greatest horror films of the eighties and things that we grew up on were shot in Canada. You know, so they they know a thing or two about a thing or two about making, you know, uh, good, fun, low budget horror films. Yeah, for sure. I didn't mean it as a, I didn't mean it as a slam on Canada. I just meant like, <laughs> oh, no, know. I mean, because 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 they got a, it was a 50 million dollar budget. And they probably got about 20 out of it with. Right. Twenty million dollars, you know, with the, with the kickbacks, right? With your tax incentives and you know, just sort of the the the, the ratio, the you know, Canadian to American, you know, exchange rate. Uh, you know, they're able to mine. I mean, the the movie looks great, man. There's nothing in it. I mean, the the effects are so outlandish and fun that it's never like you're like, oh, that looks fake. All you're thinking about is, oh, that's fucking hilarious. It's awesome. Oh, that's so fucking gross. That's what I'm getting out of it. I'm not like, oh, that looks fake. That looks cheesy. I never have that moment because I know exactly what they were trying to do and they totally succeeded 100%. Right, right, exactly. You know, they're giving us exactly what we wanted. Yep. Like I said, there's so many influences in seeing it. This is the first time I'd seen it in, God, what, it's 2006, so 14 yeah. years. Right. I saw it twice in the theater, but seeing it and then just sort of like watching it last night, I was like, God, dude, this. And it, I was just like, I, I was like a kid. I was like a giddy little kid every time. So I was like, oh, my God, it's Carpenter. It's very, oh, it's like Joe Don. You know, it's it's all of the shit that we grew up watching put out into a movie and it never gets in the way of itself. It never becomes a parody of no. anything. You know, and again, it's it's because they played it straight and they were true to what they wanted to make. And yeah, man, I mean, I I think everybody who's a fan of this movie, if you have this genre, if you haven't seen it, you should fucking go. You should go on Amazon right now, fucking click buy and get that motherfucker and watch it tomorrow. That's it, one hundred percent. I got not, not. That's it. I got nothing else. Yeah. Boom. That's how, that's how I feel. Drop the mic. Boom. So if you want to follow us on social media while you're listening to this episode, you can pop on to Twitter and find me at Corey Culp or the official at Karate Pod. Or if you're a movie fan and you're new to the show, you, we're both on Letterboxd as well. I'm at uh, Corey. What's well, Corey underscore Culp? Fuck, I think it is. Yeah, that's what it is. I think so. <laughs> you changed it again. So there you go. And also we're on Patreon, which is kind of cool. And you can reach us at patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you would like to support the show, if you dig what you hear, cool. If you'd like to follow Freddie, you could follow me at Raven Shattuck on Twitter, uh, Rock and Roller 33 on your Instagram, or at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. That's Tom Cody. Mm-hmm.